This is Kyle Juszczyk, and you're listening to Nothing But Niners. This is Charles Haley. You're listening to Nothing But Niners. So now they've got to start from deep in their end of the field, and Garrison Hurst takes advantage of it. He takes the handoff. Quick his right. Gets to the 20. He's on the 30. Needs a cut in. He comes back up the right sideline. Break the third tackle. Comes down to the 30. He's out of the 20. He's out of the 10. He's out of the 5. He's out of the end zone. Touchdown. Click, click, boom. What's going on, Faithfuls? The Nothing But Niners crew is back. We're here to bring you guys another fun-filled episode. Now, guys, I think I might be riding solo tonight. I think. Not quite sure, but either way, we're going to have a lot of fun. But, guys, let me run through some of these formalities really quick. Now, if this is your first time here on the YouTube page, make sure you guys hit that like and subscribe button. Turn on those notifications, all right? Make sure you guys know exactly when we are going live because we bring you guys impromptu videos, breaking news videos, and things of that nature. So, Head on over to YouTube if you're not here. Like, subscribe, notifications, okay? Give us a follow on some of our social media platforms. We have Twitter and Snapchat. Those handles are nothing but 9ERS. That is the number 9, nothing but 9ERS. And then follow us also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch. That handle is nothing but Niners. That is spelled all the way out. Spaces, underscores, all that good stuff in between. And last but certainly not least, make sure you guys head on over to Patreon.com. Do slash nb9 ers that is for nothing but niners you guys aren't going to want to miss out on all the awesome content that is going on over there on patreon i'm your guy 49ers mike underscore nfl and to my right is my guy nick he is 49er faithful 365 what's going on playboy how you doing chilling man chilling what's up with you same shit different toilet you know what i'm saying i hear you bro i hear you yeah, I probably I probably shouldn't have cursed so soon. All right, I got to watch it now. I got to make sure I watch the time on the cursing. Apparently, YouTube has this seven minute rule with cursing in the beginning of a video, and then you lose certain placements and stuff. So I got to watch it now. So all right, that's strike one. We don't want to, we don't want to get any more strikes. So uh, Nick, man, we got to go through uh, some of the latest news. Some of the um, some of the you know you know what it is, man. The team is always making making moves and roster moves and stuff like that. So we're gonna pop this thing up here. 
and uh, we're going to talk about it. This is what I got for today. Now, normally, when I do these things, it's like black with the writing and all that stuff. But today, we did it up a little different. Check this out. All right. The San Francisco 49ers announced on Monday they have signed linebacker Michael Kendricks to a one-year deal. The team also announced they have signed offensive lineman John Jalapio. I, I feel like I said that wrong, but that's how it's spelled. Jalapio and running back uh, Jaquez Patrick to the team's practice squad and release safety Jerry Maiden. Uh, the team also opened the injured reserve practice window for running back Jamichael Hasty. All right, so check that out. Uh, let me know what you guys uh, – Nick, any surprises there, man? Anything stand out to you about any of these moves? No, I mean – Obviously, you're bringing back Michael Kendricks. Um, you're bringing back Michael Kendricks, and uh, what happened to the back? due to the fact that you know Dre Greenlaw is still not back, uh, Marcel Harris is out with a thumb injury. You need that position, uh, that depth for that position. Um, and then Jamichael Hasty being activated to practice window, which is good. Uh, Jared Maiden's been here a while. I'm not sure why he was released, but interesting. Yeah, I was. Um, I thought that the linebackers were playing okay, so I guess like seeing this Michael Kendricks thing, it, it kind of confused me. Um, so I'm not. I'm not quite sure what the team is doing there. Um, and the other thing is, the other thing, the other thing that was bothering me is that, uh, you know, uh, J- uh, damn, hold on. Let me look, let me, let me see what this is. Hold on. Uh, Jaquez Patrick. That's the, that's the other move that was kind of confusing to me. You got the practice window opening up from, uh, Jamichael Hasty. I know he's not officially on the roster yet. They have to make that decision. Uh, they have three weeks to make that decision. Uh, but they're not going to use him. They don't use the running backs we have that are active. They don't use they don't use Trey Sermon. Why on earth are they going to bring up Patrick? So that, that didn't make any sense to me. Why are they going to bring him up? Like, why, why sign him back to the practice squad? Well, just in case there's an injury, he's on the practice squad. I mean, why would you not sign him to the practice squad? They're not going to use him. Right, but you still need depth on the practice squad. They don't use the depth that we have on the active roster. Right, but say say Jamichael Hasty doesn't come back and Jeff Wilson's still out till November and you have an injury to one of the running backs, you need somebody to bring up. Hmm. You can't like then you'll be searching the streets for somebody. I guess I guess I would have to see them do more than seven carries for running backs in a full game before I start thinking that they need, you know what I'm saying? Like they need to bring other people up because it just it just seems weird to me. Uh, I I don't know maybe maybe it's recency bias with me, but you had Trey Sermon have one carry, and then that was it. I don't I don't see the need for any running backs to be added to the. I don't know it just, it it just felt weird. What the heck is that? The chocolate kids man they got stuff all over the place i i'm having like trouble hearing you for some reason 
can like you guys, mad low. Can you guys hear me out there? You're on your phone, though, also. I think my volume is up pretty high. Let me see what they say. Is Mike's volume low? All right. Uh, let's see here. That's way better. I, I didn't change anything. Well, you just went crazy high, which is I can hear you completely now. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. know either. I I didn't I didn't change a thing, so I don't know what happened. I'm, we're getting thumbs up. They say it's good and clear, so we're, yeah, we'll it, it's definitely it good now. I can hear you now. Oh wait, look, look! Now we're getting some nose, and they said a little low. Maybe it's Android uh, users that can hear me, and iPhone users that can't hear me, because no, I, got, I got an iPhone and I can hear you plenty now. I, I know that. That's what I'm saying. Maybe the Android users are the ones that can hear me. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> all right, man. So listen, man. Um, that was all really the latest news uh, or the latest rumors around the team with uh, the roster moves. Again, if you got to just jump in, uh, the 49ers signed linebacker Michael Kendricks to a one-year deal, and they also announced that they signed uh, John Jalapio and Jaquez Patrick to the team's practice squad. But they, in order to do that, they had to release – Jared Maiden, and they open the practice window uh, for Jermichael Hasty. Uh, I'm excited to see Hasty back out here. I know people say he has fumbling issues and all that, but I'm excited to see him. Uh, some other news and notes and rumors that happened um, since the last time we did a show was this one here. Um, this is from John Lynch, 49ers GM John Lynch. It's really important that the Aaron Banks of the world become players. Aaron Banks, in my belief, is going to be a great player for us going forward. I'm very confident in that. Uh, Nick, I read this and I thought a bunch of different things, but one of the things was that uh, I said something on here recently that Aaron Banks isn't as far away uh, from playing as people think, and then it's a giant coincidence that John Lynch comes out and says this in, 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 in a recent interview. Uh, so my question is, what's really going on with Daniel Brunskill. What's going on with Daniel Brunskill? Yeah. In order in order for Aaron Banks to be a contributor going forward and very soon, Daniel Brunskill can't be in there. Who whose job is like where where else is he gonna go? Where's Aaron Banks gonna go? Well, I mean, yeah, he's gonna play guard, obviously. That's what he was drafted for. Um and we all know that Daniel Brunskill has been a stopgap for this kid until he was ready. Uh, but that whole right side of the line is dookie anyway. So I'm okay with moves. All right. But Aaron Banks has to get rid of 65, bro. <laughs> Why are you hating, man? Listen. It's got to get it, rid of 65, bro. It, it worked for it worked for my guy, uh, Garnett, right? It can work no, for him, too. It definitely didn't work for Garnett. <laughs> Aaron look, Banks, 65 is jinx, bro. Get rid of it. What 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 do you like? I mean, obviously, we don't know exactly what's happening in practice, right? But John Lynch clearly has some confidence in this young man. Um, what do you think that stems from? Is it is it just practice, or is it that is is this more about his draft picks than it is about the uh ability of the young man? Yeah, it's definitely about his draft picks right now. I mean, the question was the question was asked to him, you have you drafted two guys at two, you know, two guys at each position. 
talking about linemen, corner, and running back. And the guys that were drafted later are playing better than the guys that were drafted over them in the earlier rounds. And then it became a question as to where, well, Aaron Banks, I, I think, is going to be a really great player for us. You know, he has to get familiar with this and familiar with that. But I think in, in the long run, he's going to be a really good uh, player for us going forward. Oh, so Lynch did some dancing on that. That's what that was. He did some dancing on it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I guess I guess that makes a little bit of sense here. All right. And then there's another thing that we have here. Um, and I still think Aaron Banks gets in sooner than people think. Uh, maybe not as soon as John Lynch is suggesting here, but um, just something something to keep our eyes on. Obviously, we want to we want to see what the team can do. So uh, I'm all about the depth, but we'll see. Um, here's another one. Speaking of our offensive lineman here, this is from Trent Williams. Um, <clears throat> he says, our list of wrongs is not that long. It's nothing we can't handle. We're not waiting for somebody to walk through the door. We got all the talent we need in house. Nick, true or false? I think it's true. I think it's true. Nah. What? What do we need? No, no, you know what? You know what? I don't disagree. I actually, I, I don't disagree. There's some, there are some positions, some starters that we definitely need upgrades over, but it's not anything that is uh, stopping us from winning or being productive. If that makes. What's sense. our worst position on our field right now? Uh, I'm definitely going to go with offensive line. Okay, good. I'm glad you didn't go cornerback. Do you know the 49ers well, what? Did you play quarterback? Corner. Corner. No, I, th- I think the corners are one of the strengths of the team, believe it or not. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Everybody's so complaining about the corners. And fun fact is the 49ers are giving up the second least amount of yards per game in the NFL right now. Passing yards. Yeah, I, I believe it. And I think that I think our secondary is ranked seventh or something like that. I heard somebody saying overall. Uh it's it's not a it's not an issue at all and i think that the fact that we've had this rotation of guys jason barrett dante johnson emmanuel mosley uh josh norman drake kirkpatrick like we've had this like litany uh Jawan Jen, uh Jawan jennings um k1 williams uh diamador which Lenore, is back even, at practice which is really good right even ambry thomas has been out there uh that speaks a lot to the coaching and the and the defensive line also but uh so no i'm not i'm not quite sure uh, why anybody would think that the the secondary, uh, the corners in particular, would well, be. Well, I'm uh, just saying because that's been the the topic of conversation, right? When you're talking about the 49ers lately, it's the quarterback position between Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo, and how we don't go out and get any corners, and and that's what the conversation's been. Where you can focus on a whole lot more on this team, and I'm in 100% agreement with you that the offensive line is probably which we thought was going to be a strength coming in to this, you know, this year um, coming into being a strength coming into this year is probably the worst that we have right now. Yeah. Um, All right. So listen, man, let's, let's get to the meat and potatoes of this one. This is not going to be a long episode. You're at work. Um, and what we're going to do here, guys, we're going to have a little bit of fun here, all right? This is a uh, – uh-oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Nick Donald, we got everything we need but a head coach. 
man. Let's go, Nick. All right, since it's your namesake, you go ahead and you, you, you start first, man. I think we see an entirely different Kyle Shanahan coming out of the bye this week. I think this time that Kyle Shanahan had off, I think there was some reflection done. Now, whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance, I've already said before that if it's Jimmy Garoppolo, I'll be pissed off, but I also have to, I have to tell Kyle Shanahan, pick somebody and stay with them. Like, if, if it's if it's Jimmy Garoppolo, I would expect to see Kyle Shanahan now that Trey Lance has played in the game, uh, in a full game and a half, uh, to utilize some of those packages for him. So bring him out on first downs. Bring him out on third downs. Bring him out on any type of down, not just red zone. Um, but I do think that we see a different Kyle Shanahan going into the, sec- into the second quarter of the season. I will respond to that a little bit later. Nick, thanks for the contribution. Um, and we're, as we as we go through our uh, our subjects today for the show, turning the page, uh, I'll I'll revisit this whole Kyle Shanahan thing. All right. So uh, what we're going to start with here, Nick, you want to do you want to do positives first or negatives first? Yeah, I mean we can do positives. All right. <laughs> so we're going to start with the biggest surprises of the season. All right. Uh, so I'll go first. Um, and then if there's anything that you want to add to what I'm saying or, uh, you know, if you have a different one, let me know and then we'll, we'll go accordingly. All right. So uh, biggest surprises of the season for me, I'm going to start with D'Amico Ryans and his defense. I think, uh, you know, we were just talking about how well the secondary is playing. Uh, this team has come out. The, the defensive line isn't even playing as good as we hoped it would be. And they're still really, really good. Um, some of the players on that defensive line aren't living up to the expectations that we want for them. But then there's other guys who are exceeding expectations. So it's balancing everything out really, really well. Uh, the secondary, uh, despite all the different corners in and out of that rotation, something that we were talking about earlier, they're playing really, really well. Um, the safeties, they're still, they still aren't generating any turnovers, but that's something that we're kind of getting used to around here, right? Um, they're, you know, we've given up some big plays. But you're not going to play professionals uh, 17 times and not give up a couple of big plays. Uh, This defense, to me, has been one of the brightest spots on the entire team, uh, despite who the opponent happens to be. That high-powered Cardinals offense, you you go back and you look at the score of every game the Cardinals have played in this year. Every single one of them is 31-plus. Every one of them. Not against the Niners. 17 points. And that was with the offense struggling. I just think that this defense is a lot better than people are giving them credit for. And so I tip my hat to D'Amico Ryans. Yeah, I mean, 100% agreeance with you. Um, I don't know if you watched the um, Patreon show that I did with Jesse. If you guys aren't subscribed over there, make sure you guys go over to patreon.com forward slash or patreon.com forward slash NB9ERS um, and check that out. But, um, you know, I was talking about how uh, D'Amico Ryan's this defense was the offense was supposed to carry us this year, and we thought we were going to hit some bumps and bruises with D'Amico Ryan's coming in. Uh, and while he had some bad games, he had Ohio. Uh, Ohio. He had uh, Detroit, where we ended up doing some 
you know, pull players off the field or whatever. And then you've seen him get a little bit better in the Philly game, but not crazy better. And then the Green Bay game, I was totally upset with him. I thought he didn't disguise coverage as well. I thought he just did, you know, was just showing what they were doing too much. Um, He came out against Seattle and Arizona and played a whole different ball game. These guys held Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson to 27 total yards in rushing, which is something that Robert Sala has never done, which is something that this defense has never done. And uh, big, you know, I give hats off to him for doing that. Um, you're seeing a little bit more disguise in coverages. You're seeing some blitz packages. You're seeing some uh, better matchups. You're not seeing the wide nine as much. Uh, so as much, but uh, yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you. I think D'Amico Ryans is a big surprise on this team for this team. Absolutely. All right. Another one that I have here. Uh, is going to be the running backs. And this one uh, is is probably why I'm the most upset at the lack of usage of the running backs is because when their numbers are called, they're playing really, really well. Um, and I just can't figure out why this year, with the guys playing the way that they are, they don't want to be used. But then when we were sitting around here with freaking uh, Tevin Coleman, Kyle couldn't wait to put the ball in his hands. And the guy wasn't doing anything with it. So I, I, I'm i sitting around like I'm completely baffled uh, by what I'm seeing here. But I think the running backs, when their numbers are called, these guys go out there and they perform. Um, they're, they're battling for the starting role. Uh, and, and I love seeing that young competitiveness with those guys out there. Um, and then they even involved uh, Jaquez Patrick in a trick play. It was a terrible throw. <laughs> But the fact of the matter is that he had enough trust from the coaching staff to even go out there and get that attempt. Uh, That speaks volumes, in my opinion, as to how they actually view the running backs here. And I just can't figure out why we're not using them uh, a little bit more in this offense. Uh, So, you know, it is it it is uh, it is what it is. But uh, I have to tip my hat to the to the running backs. I think they're playing a hell of a style, a brand of ball this year so far. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm gonna agree with you that when they do get the opportunity, that you know I think they're they're pretty good, and I don't think they're getting enough opportunity. I'm not gonna say it's a big surprise though, because I expect I kind of expected big things from Elijah Mitchell, um, and I'm a big Trey Sermon fan, obviously watching him play from Ohio State, so um, that was probably my super stoked draft pick. Um, but Elijah Mitchell, if you remember, I said, this kid is going to be Moser's replacement. Like when we drafted him, like the kid's got good speed. He, he runs like a bowling ball at times. He's got good vision. Um, he can hit the outside. He can run between tackles and those type of things. So, um, between those two guys, I don't understand why we're not using Trey Sermon. I mean, the kid almost had a hundred yards rushing. And the next week he touches the ball. Well, he has two snaps and one touch. So, you know, it's like you get, you know, you go from being the bell cow to getting two snaps on the football field and one carry. And Elijah Mitchell gets nine and, or whatever it was, seven, six. And then your quarterback runs the football the rest of the time. Um, I'd like to see more 
from the running backs, but I'm not even going to say that they're not a big surprise. I don't think they're a big surprise. I think they're, they're exactly what I expected them to be. Um, it's just, you got to see them more. I think we just got to see them more. And it, it goes the same as the Trey Lance stuff. Like let the kids play and they're going to grow and they're going to get even better. And I think that, I think Elijah Mitchell and Trey Sermon in the future are going to be big 49ers fans favorites. All right. I like it. I like it. Uh, and then my last uh, biggest surprise uh, for the positive here is going to be Tyshawn Debo Samuel. Uh, we finally got an opportunity to see what this kid can do with a full and healthy offseason. Um, where he could actually come in and not playing on any kind of lingering injury. And this kid is one of the best receivers in the NFL with two different quarterbacks and two quarterbacks who, if we're being honest with ourselves, aren't really lighting the world on fire right now. Uh, and he's going out here and he's showing uh, the weapon that he is. Um, and, you know, the slight that he he feels for probably not being a first round pick. Uh, we, we're starting to see why he, he's always felt like, he was the guy, you know, he talked about his his desire. What was that? Was that here? Did you hear that scream? Uh, it's probably out in ShopRite. Okay, yeah. there it is. Bro, I thought that was one of my kids or something. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I know what the hell is happening. Um, yeah, but, you know, he, he's, he talked about his, uh, his, his mindset, you know, when we first drafted him. It was like, you know, I was always taught that if I if I got the ball in my hand, you head for the end zone. You don't, you're not running out of bounds. You want to run through people, and we're seeing that. And I kept saying, "Man, this dude is too frail. He's too fragile to be doing that. He's not going to stay healthy." Well, he's doing the thing this year, and he's shutting me up. Uh, and I'm very very happy uh, with his production. And you got to remember, I was the one saying that, "Hey, Brandon Ayuk is going to be the guy." They weren't happy with Debo's production. How often he's injured? They dra- they traded up. They got this guy in the first round for this wide receiver. And we don't even see him. That Debo Debo is and has become the number one weapon on offense. That includes every skill position out there, uh, even over the offensive weapon in Kyle Juszczyk and even over guys like uh, George Kittle. He has become the guy in this offense, and it's that's the biggest surprise for me. You know, it, it kind of sucks, Mike, because I think I would have been correct last year. If all our receivers didn't go down, would Brandon Ayuk have been playing last year? You think so? Like getting targets? If if there if, if you said if all if all the receivers didn't go down last year, would he have gotten targets? Yeah, absolutely. Think so? He was a first round pick. Yeah, he was going to get targets. Bro, he's sitting. He he's not getting targets now. He's a first round pick. He's not a first and round pick this year. He's still a first round pick. He's still a first round pick. It goes back to he. you're drafted in the first round. You should be on the field. Why he's not, I have no clue. I'm getting so pissed off as to why he's not on the field. Well, let me rephrase that. He's on the field. I don't know why he's not getting targets. So um, his percentages has gone up, right? So the first week he had, I think, 25%. Then he went to like 55%. Then he went to 75% or 65%, then he's been at 75% the last two weeks with snaps. Now, why he's not getting the targets, I don't know. There's only one thing I don't like about Debo, right? 
well, it's not that I don't like. I like the physicality part of it. Um, but when you're just like the last game when he started high stepping at the sideline, and then instead of just going out of bounds, he took that last jab at somebody, right? Those are things I don't want to see because we need Debo. Like, you're on the sideline. You're already high-stepping to go out of bounds. Don't turn back inbounds just to throw throw a shoulder at somebody and hurt yourself. I mean, you could jug your knee. You could do whatever. And those are things that I don't want to see. Now, in the middle of the field, go for all the contact you want. But when you're at the sideline and you can get out, and you're already heading that way to jump out of bounds instead of just jumping back. Um, I, I don't like that. Look, Jimmy Garoppolo injury, for example, same exact thing. Instead of going out of bounds, he tried to get the extra yards, turned back in, blew his ACL. So that's the only thing I don't like right now about Debo because we need Debo. And inside, in the middle of the field, do all the contact you want. But if you have a chance to get out of bounds, don't hurt yourself on a fluke play where you could have just jumped out of bounds where you're right there. So I feel you on that. I feel you. Um, we have a contribution here from Ali Bear. She says, Aloha, my senior professors. I'm off to work. Stop by to show support. Mahalo, Ali. Thank you very, very much. Uh, we really, really appreciate the support. It's been continuous since we started this thing. So she has been excellent. Um, Love Ollie. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, one hundred percent, man. Like, just you—you you said it. Um, thank you very much for the contribution. Now, Nick, did you have any um, positive surprises that you want to go over? Or do you want to keep it keep it going? Yeah, I mean, positive surprises for me is Al Shire. That's a big one for me. Uh, he is definitely stepping up for what he needed to. He's definitely brought his, a different A game this year um, to where I think that – I've already said this before. I think he's better than Dre Greenlaw. Um, and people, when Dre Greenlaw went down, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, what are we going to be missing? And I'm super surprised at how Aziz Alshair has stepped in and is playing well. Um. Obviously, D'Amico Ryan's um, another another surprise. Another surprise. Um, that's probably it. That's probably it. All right, that's cool. That's There's all right. Nobody, nobody on the defensive line. I mean, Nick Bosa, obviously, but it's not a surprise. I'm just glad that he has five sacks within five games. Um, and I well, think he's starting to get his legs under him. I had I had a couple honorable mentions, but I didn't want to list everybody. Um, but I did have a defensive lineman, actually, and Eric Armstead. I think people – Oh, yeah, are, he's definitely – yeah, he definitely, he's, yeah. He's been killing it out there, and people are like, oh, shit, okay. All right, Arik, we see you. So I, I was really happy about that. But uh, let's keep it moving here, man. We're not going to – we're not going to, you know – Waste time. Let's get to uh, the negatives, man. Biggest disappointments. Um, I have a list. If you want me to start reading it, I will happily do that. Um, but this is this is my my biggest one is here. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. It's Shanahan's decision making. Think about this for a second. Quarterback, 
Cool. I don't. All right. Uh, no, sorry, I muted. I muted you. I didn't know what was going on. Uh, qu- quarterback, running backs, wide receivers. He's using all three of those positions in the strangest way I've ever seen Kyle Shanahan use those three positions. We can't figure out why Brandon Ayuk, the number one pick from last year, can't get targets. We can't figure out why uh, Trent Sherfield, who set the entire preseason and, and, and training camp on fire, isn't getting targets, right? We can't figure out why running backs aren't being used. And we can't figure out what the hell Kyle's trying to do with these quarterbacks. We don't know what's happening here with the quarterbacks. I mean, Kyle is just complete. Bro, we have people saying that the 49ers don't have an identity. That's coming from an offensive-minded coach. People don't know what the hell to expect from week to week, from drive to drive with the offense. And that's Kyle's side of the ball. And it's not even just content creators. It's people that are within the organization. It's Matt Mayoko's. It's Tim Ryan's. It's Greg Papa's. It's Joe Staley's. Like, all these people talking about how we don't have an identity. Which is crazy. I go. I completely agree with you, man. And I just. I can't. I can't figure out how it's possible that you know. I think. <clears throat> I think uh, we had expectations, right? We kept saying uh, it took Matt Ryan two years, right? Wait till Kyle has a quarterback in the system for two years here, right? And Matt Jimmy Ryan was the MVP. Two years. Yeah. Matt Ryan was the MVP. That <laughs> offense exploded. They took off, right? They were the best in the league, right? All this stuff that happened. All right, Jimmy gets injured at the beginning of his second year, right? Because he played the 16. We go to the Super Bowl. Jimmy's going to take that step forward. He gets hurt early in the, in the, in the Jets game. All right, cool. We're going to watch that whole year. Forget it. Now it's supposed to be this year, and Jimmy ain't looking much better. Then we trade all this capital to move up. To get Trey Lance and Kyle's like, yeah, nah, but Jimmy's my guy. What the then what what was the purpose of the trade then if if Jimmy was your guy? You know what I'm saying? Now, sounder minds will tell you what we all said in the beginning. We knew Trey Lance was the one that was gonna take the most to get ready. We knew right. that he was gonna be the one that was the furthest away from being game ready. So we 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 knew that, right? We're not we're not blind, we're not silly, we haven't forgotten what we thought about Trey Lance as a, as a prospect, just because we drafted him doesn't change what we expect to see from him. Right. But Kyle throws him in and he's like, yeah, well, I mean, it's, it, it felt like, it felt like he didn't have a choice, but to play Trey Lance because he was the only backup on the team. It didn't <laughs> seem like he was ever confident in him. And he even sounded surprised at the end of the, uh, the post game presser. He's like, well, I mean, he played well enough to win. Like, oh, shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, but he's still just a backup. That's why he's the number two. So he's he's sending mixed signals on all sides. I, don't, I can't even tell if the mixed signals are intentional anymore. Just Kyle's decision-making, man. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? No, I mean, I agree. Kyle's decision-making is really, really bad this year. Um, you know, you've heard me be, you know, you've heard me saying it for a couple weeks now, like, just like you were saying about the identity thing. It's like, what is the identity of this team? Um, you know, an interesting stat 
uh, my guy Jesse brought up from last second sports was coaches in the league. He, people were saying you can't fire Kyle Shanahan, right? Just because, you know, he hasn't had the time or whatever. And he went and said at a, a minimum of 50 games coached, Kyle Shanahan is ranked 128th out of coaches completely to have coached 50 games or less. Jim Harbaugh was ranked fifth, and they fired him. But Kyle Shanahan's ranked 128th, which was pretty interesting um, to see that he was that low, right? Um, we we look at this we look at this team and we're like, well, Kyle Shanahan is a genius, but yet we haven't seen that geniusness out of him yet this year or even last year. Or you know, you go and look at teams like Baltimore, and they lost every single running back in their room, and they're still finding ways to win. Right? The 49ers lose pieces, and it's like we can't win. We're, we're not winning games. If you go back to the 2019 season, the difference between 2019 and now and the rest of the years is is we couldn't we could close out games in 2019. We can't close out games now, whether that's play calling, whether that's player execution. And if you're going to go and play and say, Tim Ryan said, I believe it was Tim Ryan who said today, I was listening to a podcast from KNBR, and he said, player execution is on Kyle Shanahan. If they're not executing, why are they out there? You got guys like Brandon Ayuk that aren't getting targets, but when he does get the targets, he executes. So why is he not uh, getting that, um, getting those executions? But no, I agree with you. One of the biggest, uh, you know, disappointments for me definitely is Shanahan's decision making. Uh, whether it's play calling, uh, whether it's personnel uh not utilizing uh a quarterback uh that you spent so much draft capital for when you know that Jimmy Garoppolo isn't not the answer um now I think a lot of it has to do with right now is that we're two and three we're half a game out of a wild card so it's not even like we're still like we're completely out of this playoff race right we still have three quarters of a season left a lot of games left so we'll see how we are after the next four and see where we're at and kind of see where that decision has to go as to where it is for firing Kyle uh, but right now obviously I don't want to get rid of him I think he'll be on another coaching staff tomorrow if we got rid of him um, so and plus it's in season you can't do it in season you gotta you gotta wait till after season so um, but yeah he's one of my biggest disappointments this year for sure yeah absolutely absolutely um the other one is going to probably come as a surprise to people but i think our run defense has been pretty disappointing to me um like i said uh when i was propping up the defense and and what um D'Amico ryan's has been doing here um they've been a su- the surprise for me uh how well they were playing um like you said they were they're achieving things that even Robert Sala didn't get done here, and we were all worried about how the transition would be. Uh, yet and still, if we're if we're being completely honest with ourselves here, um, there's some concerns about the run game. You know, like we 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 see it, we're watching it all unfold together, and we're sitting here like, oh, come on, man, like 
you got to stop that. You got to know what they're about to do and you have to be better. You have to execute better. You know what I'm saying? And it's just not always happening the way we want it to. Uh, so that's one of my biggest uh, disappointments here. They give up just one too many big runs a game uh, for my liking. We're not, well, at least I'm not used to seeing that as a 49er fan. And I, I want the, that part of the old days back. Yeah, I mean, a lot of this is, has to do with what I said with uh, um, where I've been saying that Fred Warner hasn't been playing well. And he had when our run game, our run defense is working, he's playing at an all pro level. Now, don't get me wrong, it's not just him. Uh, there's also defensive linemen that aren't making tackles, but there's a lot of missed tackles. There's a lot of missed tackles, um, a lot of late decision make making choices. Um, but how can I say this? It goes down to also the defensive line. Guys like Javon Kinlaw. Um, guys like uh, Samson Ibukam. Guys like Arden Key. Contavious Street. Guys that aren't producing like they should be. So, um, It's funny you said that about Kinlaw. I have him in another segment here. Oh, um, yeah. He's in mine. Uh, that I'm going to discuss. I didn't. I didn't mention him as one of the biggest disappointments, um, but you're right. A large part of this has to do with how these guys in the defensive front are performing or not performing, in particular. You know, you this is this is their job, and uh, the fact that we're depending on the linebackers so much for the run support, it's a little. You know, I I don't know, man. I, I just think that this wasn't part of the original game plan, and it's odd to me because Chris Kosurik is still here. He's the guy that gets those guys prepared for those kind of situations. So, um, so yeah, I had to run defense there. Um, and, you know, the crazy I, thing is, is we're not doing that much worse than we did in 2020. At no, no, point. no, not at all. And that, and that's, we were giving no. up 106.4 in 2020 through five, and we're giving up 113.2 right now through five per game on average. The last three we've given up 99.7. And the last one we give up ninety four, giving up one hundred and two point five on the at home and one hundred and twenty point three at away games. So just I was just trying to give you those. And that's also you know, and I do think that the run game could be better if we were just more competitive on the offensive side of the ball, right? So when teams jump out to a two score lead on us in the first half, naturally they start running the ball more, right? So that's going to pad those stats, and then we're sitting here saying, man, we got to get a stop, we got to get a stop. And then when we don't get that one stop, it's super disappointing. It's like, come on, you guys were right there. Like, we had to get that stop. And I think that's why I feel so disappointed in the run game. It's not about the stats. It's when they allow those big runs to occur. Try to guess who's number one and try to guess how many yards they're giving up. Uh, As far as the team? Yeah. Rushing yards. It's going to be a team that probably scores a lot, so teams have to throw to keep up with them. So I'm either going to go with the Cardinals or the Rams. No, the Rams are ranked ninth. All right. The Cardinals are ranked 23rd. And the run, Jesus. Yeah. Teams are barely. Bay is ranked one, and they're only giving up 54.8 yards per game. (laughs) 
Yeah, they got a nice defense over there, man. So the top five are Tampa, New Orleans, Baltimore, Denver, Dallas. Uh, yeah, Dallas is putting up a lot of points this year, too. I could see that. Baltimore, yeah, they put up a lot of points, and teams try to get out ahead of them. Um, Tampa, I mean, you know, that's that's actually very surprising that Tampa's in there because teams try to take a balanced approach against them and, and play keep away with Tom. So they, they like to run. But see, a lot of this has to do with opponents, too. I got to see who some of these teams have played. They could yeah. be playing some some straight Basuda. Like, that. that I don't know, man. I got to see. I got to see who they're playing against. Yeah, I just had to see what that was. That's all. Um. Uh, so my next one. Yeah, my other negative here. It's going to be Alex Mack, and this is this is no fault of his own. Uh, this, you know, when the team signed Alex Mack, I was disappointed right away. I said he was too old. He's coming off of two bad years. Why do we think he's going to be any different? Da, da 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 Like, I knew what to expect as soon as we signed Alex Mack, right? And then I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if it's the Homer in me. Like, something in my head just, like, made me start thinking that Alex Mack was going to be the piece that we needed to make this offensive line work, right? I, th- I just thought that everything was going to be better with the veteran guy. I thought, I thought his veteran presence was going to be enough to – overcome some serious issues that we have here and it wasn't at all the right side of the line is still the biggest issue right i mean it's just it's not good i think i'm disappointed in alex mack because i built up hope and expectations for him i i think that if there's no way alex mack would have made this list if i felt the way i did the moment we acquired him in free agency. If it, if I felt that way this whole time through, I would have never had expectations. He, it, it would have been impossible to disappoint me because it would be, yeah, I told y'all. I told you this guy was no good, right? That That's that's what my reaction would be. But somewhere down the line, I convinced myself that this guy was a solution to a problem. And I'm just not seeing it. I remember saying, Kyle's got to stop going out here and getting guys that he's familiar with just because he knows who they are. That's right. what my initial thought initial thought was when we got Alex Mack. And now here I am saying, Psh, this guy's playing like he's old. This guy's not as good as what we thought he was. And that's why he's he's my biggest disappointment, one of my biggest disappointments. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's in my biggest disappointments, but I don't think that this the play that we're seeing right now is what we're going to continue to get from him. I think that – um. I think he's had a couple bad games. I think he's had some decent games, but the last couple games he's been really bad. Um, but I will say it's still a biggest disappointment for me because of the fact that I expected better. Uh, just with coverage calls, blocking, uh, just solidifying this offensive line in the center, at the center position. So I'm going to agree with you with the biggest disappointment there. So, um Yeah. I don't know if you want me to give some biggest. All right. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to do it for my three. I just tried to do three in each one. And like I said, I got some honorable mentions in my mental Rolodex. But uh, if you got if you have any big of your biggest disappointments, let me know what they are and we'll, we'll put them in there. Yeah. So obviously I already touched on Fred Warner. Um, he's one of my biggest disappointments this year. I think that he's not playing at that all pro level. 
Um, I think that he can do so much better. I expect more of him. Um, I don't know if it's the defensive change, if there's more on him. His coverage skills have gone down. He's been targeted 13 times and given, has given up 11 receptions. He only has one pass breakup this year. Yeah, that's but how much Fred Warner. Of those 11 receptions, like, I mean, like, th- that's kind of – that's not telling the whole story. Like, are they underneath routes where he's just the guy that happens to be in coverage and he, he gets a tackle right away? You know what I'm saying? Like, what well, what I mean, is I that? I have to go back and watch all of them. I don't know exactly what they all are. But compared to his coverage skills last year at this time – he was at like an 89% where he, his coverage skills were great. So we haven't played. Um, you know, we played, we played TJ Hawkinson. Good tight end. If you're covering, right. Let's just say tight ends. Uh, Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. Philly. Um, no Robert Tunyon. So they had a backup tight end in Green Bay. Then week four was Seattle. I don't even know who their tight end is anymore. Is it still? No. He's not there anymore. I, I can't think of his name, but I know who you're talking about. <clears throat> yeah, I, don't I think can't he's think there of his anymore. name um, And then obviously Arizona. Williams went down and got hurt, so now they have Zach Ertz. So, uh, you know, just basing it off tight ends. Um, he would be one of mine. I don't know why people are, like, so hating that. Like, it's okay to criticize players. Like, it's okay to do that. Um, it's okay to say, hey, I think this guy can do better. I'm not hating on Fred Warner. I just want people to know that. I love Fred Warner. Um, but I expect more of him. He's a leader of this defense. Like, I expect more of him. So, um I expect him to step up in big plays and when needed the most. So, um, second guy, then I got to run out real quick, but uh, let me give you a two and three. Uh, Second guy, biggest disappointment for me, I've already said Alex Mack. Um, George Kittle. Why you look like that? Now I don't know how much of this is. I don't know how much of this is George Kittle, or if it's not being included in the game plan. George Kittle is exactly who I thought he was. I don't know how you could be disappointed in anything that George Kittle has done. Well, I'm disappointed because he hasn't taken that next step again. So he's not not staying healthy. That's George. I'm disappointed in the whole quarterback controversy thing. What's that have to do with George? That he's a Jimmy guy? Who? What? We have to stop saying that. We we gotta stop. Bro. How is George Kittle a Jimmy guy? When has he ever said, "Hey, I don't want Trey in here. I want Jimmy." How how have we how how have the fan base concluded that George? Kittle Mike, come on, go back to his pressers, bro. You're the one that reads into pressers the most. Oh yeah, and yeah, I've he, seen I've a, seen him big up okay. Trey Lance. I've never heard him say give give any type of good props to Trey Lance. I've always Bro, heard he's 21. He's a rookie and he's 21 years old. He's more mature than I was. He's probably more mature but than I am right now. That's not talking about his game. He was talking about his game all preseason, though. 
that's not your oh man i wish i had like the exact clips i would i would pull it up and play it because we don't get fined for that that's crazy that's um, crazy okay but <laughs> i like okay, it no, but keep, hey no but you know what i want you to keep going because people think i hate george so so please keep going yeah it's not that i hate george it's just one i said that he'll never be what he was before in a sense that receiving tight end I don't think he's going to have a thousand yards ever again in this system, because as long as we have a receiver here that's producing, he's not going to be that targeted tight end. He's going to get 10 or 11. Uh, he's not going to get 10 to 15 targets. He's going to get maybe five to six or seven, five to seven targets a game. Um, three, who would be my third? Mike McGlinchey again, man. What was so funny? I just, I, I, I don't know. I just don't get it. Don't get it. You don't get what? The, the, the Kittle thing. I'm still, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm still stuck on it. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to uh, figure it out. And I think, I think even with McGlinchey, well, never mind. Let, let me let you explain that first. But go ahead. Yeah, I mean. Dude, I just don't know what it is. Like, this guy has some good games. He has some good plays. And then he has some really, really bad plays. And it's not even when they happen in the game. It's just there's some really bad plays. Like, my man is diving at people and missing. Then getting up and trying to block downfield and just clogging the plays up. I don't know if you went back and watched it. I know you were saying that he didn't have a bad game. I don't know if you went back and watched this game, but he had yeah, no, no, a no, horrible no. game. Yeah, no, this was this was definitely not a good game. This was yeah. absolutely not you a good game. You were arguing game. with me after the game, like he didn't have a fucking bad game. Yeah, no, I so I I, like, a couple of a couple bro. of bad plays are what stood out to me. I think there were like three bad plays that stood out to me in this game. And that's what I was like, that's not a bad, like that's that's not terrible. Three bad plays. Like he I'm not mad at that. all night. I don't know about destroyed all night, but it was a bad. Zach game. Allen was doing his ass dirty, bro. It was, it was a bad game, like so. Yeah, I, I was with you. Like I went back and I was like, yeah, I don't know what, like that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys know I defend Mike every chance I get, but I was no, like, yo, I'm glad you finally admitted that. No, nah, like I, really I, bad that game. game, that game I can't defend him on. That that game I can't defend him on. But yeah. the reason why I'm saying how was this the biggest disappointment is because. That's who everybody expected McGlinchey to be. So I, I can't be disappointed in someone if they meet my expectations. Right. To me. that You know what I'm saying? So, and that's I'll, why I... Uh, I'm going to hop out real quick. I'll be right back. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, and so that's why I said uh, that I couldn't, um, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't be disappointed in someone like Mike McGlinchey because he... All right, so I personally was disappointed in Mike McGlinchey's last game. And that effort that he had there, because uh, Mike is better than what we saw in that game. But I also believe that people can have bad games. You know what I'm saying? So uh, we we have to we have to keep in mind that not every like there's some times where the matchup just doesn't favor you, right? So check this out. Check this out, right? We as 49er fans went on Twitter and said, and I quote, Daniel Brunskill is Aaron Donald's daddy. Not a single one of you guys think that 
Aaron Donald is a trash player. Not a single one of you guys think that Aaron Donald is worse than Brunskill at what their jobs are. Okay? There's sometimes where a matchup just is a bad matchup. Okay? And that's what happened with Mike McGlinchey in this last game. All right? McGlinchey has played really well all year long. Nobody wants to admit it, and that's fine. I, I am complete. I understand that the fan base needs someone with a check mark to say these things for you guys to buy into it and believe it. I'm okay with that. And eventually, a check mark will give McGlinchey some positive nods, and you guys will then say, "Oh yeah, he he isn't having a bad season after all." I get that. I understand how it works. Okay, but Daniel Brunskill is not a good guard. He's an average guard. And Aaron Donald is one of the best players in the league. Forget what side the ball he plays on, right? That doesn't matter. But Brunskill had a really, 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 really good game against Aaron Donald. He made Aaron Donald invisible. Brunskill was playing Aaron Donald so well that Aaron Donald decided to play defensive end for certain snaps because he couldn't get anything going against him, all right? That doesn't mean that Brunskill's good. And it definitely doesn't mean that Aaron Donald is bad. That's not how it works. That's just not how it works. So, yes, Mike McGlinchey is not a, a, a big disappointment for me. That last game, I was disappointed in what we saw. But everyone out there thinks that Mike McGlinchey is bad. How can you be disappointed in what you saw? Because that should be what you expected. It should be what you expected. So, I don't know. That's just me. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it moving here though. I'm gonna go to the next to the next uh, the next subject that I have here, um, and it is gonna be our third and final uh, topic here, and that is what to expect. All right, um, what to expect going forward. All right, this is gonna be really really important. Hold on, guys. All right, sorry. I saw someone say they wanted to see my hookah setup, so I'll show you guys uh, what it looks like in a second. But um, what what to expect here? All right. Um, I'm going to start with this one right here because I think this is very, very important. Uh, start Jimmy Garoppolo going forward. This is something that we have to we have to accept and we have to just you know, identify as reality going forward, all right? Until until Jimmy is injured, off the team, I, I don't know what it's going to take for Kyle to change his mind, but this is – this is uh, this is just what we're going to – this is what we're going to see. Um, we should expect to see this going forward and i'm not talking about just one game either i don't know if we see trey lance start again at all this season uh kyle has seemed to you know we we were talking about earlier kyle's decision making and i talked about the mixed signals that he's sending at all of these all three of the different positions the quarterbacks the wide receivers and the running backs right but there is one constant signal that kyle has sent all off season all camp um and that is that this is jimmy garoppolo's team not Trey Lance's team. He said it. 
and damn it, he meant it. We might not have wanted to hear it. Some of us wanted it to be a, uh, a competition. We wanted it to be more than what it was. But Kyle has been adamant that this is not a quarterback competition, that a rookie was not going to come in here and take Jimmy's job. And Kyle looks like he regrets ever putting Trey Lance in. We have to expect Jimmy Garoppolo going forward. It could be, I see Ian's comment, it could be due to salary. And it could be that, you know, Trey Lance just isn't really ready to play. And on that note, I'm going to elaborate. Sometimes you have to protect the player from themselves. And that could be part of playing Jimmy Garoppolo now. Trey Lance is not ready to be a starter. I watched the same game you guys all watched, right? And here's the difference. I watched the game without expectations. I watched the games without hopes of seeing Trey Lance do X, Y, or Z. And what I saw was a kid who made some plays and a kid who missed some plays. I saw a kid who can make some amazing throws. And I saw a kid that missed some really, really, really easy throws. I saw a kid that was extremely exciting to watch and extremely inconsistent. I saw a kid that can run when a play breaks down and you love that. I saw a kid that ran when the pocket was clean and you hate that, right? Sometimes you have to protect a player from themselves. You put Trey Lance in too early and the things that you're trying to fix about him, the things that have been his second nature, the way he moves, the way he, 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 his body and, his footwork and all that, right? These are the things that you're trying to change in him so he can become more consistent. You put him in too early, and you know what happens? Those things all go out the window because he hasn't had enough time to make it second nature. The NFL says, like, uh, there's this rule, right? I, I, forget, I think the number is 10,000. It takes 10,000 snaps in order for, for something to become, like, almost second nature to you, okay? 10,000 reps. Trey Lance has not been a part of this team long enough to do 10,000 reps of anything. And so that means that everything that he's been working on will all fall to the wayside the moment the live bullets start flying. And I think that's what Kyle is trying to get out of him before they put him under center. Okay? He's here to be the backup. He's, he's, he's a high draft pick. He's always going to be quarterback number two. Um, but he's just not ready yet. He's not ready. All right. So that doesn't mean that Jimmy's the answer either, but you can't ruin Trey because Trey is the future. You can't ruin him. You have to get Trey Lance developed more. So expect Jimmy to start going forward for whatever reason you want to say. If you think Jimmy's better than Trey, cool. If you think it's because of money, Cool. If you think Lance isn't ready, cool. If you think it's because Kyle just really, really likes Jimmy, cool. You'd be wrong there, but cool. Whatever the reason is, expect Jimmy to be the guy going forward. I would not expect to see Trey Lance getting any starts before mid-December. All right? I said it. I'm going to leave that alone. That's one of my uh, what to expect going forward. Okay? Another one of my what to expect going forward. Less of first-round pick Javon Kinlaw. Okay? 
Now, here's the thing about Javon Kinlaw. He's a first-round pick. He's always going to get his snaps. He's always going to get his reps. But Javon Kinlaw has not been living up to expectations. You can blame it on injury. You can blame it on whatever you want, okay? He's not – he hasn't been the strong anchor they want to see in the run D. He hasn't been he, – he's, he wasn't really brought in here to be a pass rusher. Um. He was come. He he was brought in to be like this 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 cog and clog in the middle of the defensive line. He just hasn't quite been doing it right. And I'm not saying he's never going to be that player, but right now, for the next five or six games, I wouldn't expect to see it. I'm willing to bet, and I can try to pull this up while I'm talking about it. But I'm willing to bet that Javon Kinlaw snap count has probably been going down. Uh, week after week now he's going to get snaps because he is without a doubt a first round pick and you can't change that okay you cannot change that however i'm just not sure is this 2021 here we go i got a snap count right here um i'm just not sure that kinlaw is going to continue to see high amounts of snap counts okay um I want I want to see this young man succeed. This is not negative towards him. I just think that there's too many people behind Kinlaw that can come in and help. And the team, especially on the defensive side of the ball, is the only side that seems to have an identity. And I think they want to put their best foot forward. They will continue to give him reps. They'll continue to give him snaps. But I don't think that Javon Kinlaw has a defined strength right now. And they're just going to use him sparingly. We saw Solomon Thomas slowly get phased out. And he was the third overall pick. You guys already know what they're going to do with a guy like Javon Kinlaw if he's not living up to the hype and the expectations. Uh, his snap counts for, for this year so far, defensive snap counts, all right? Uh, week two, because he didn't play week one. Week two, 42 snaps. Week three, 40 snaps. Week four, 31 snaps. And week five, he had 36. It's already going down. It's it's already going down. Um, so, I mean, if I if if I just read you the percentage, seventy two percent of the snaps, sixty three percent of the snaps, fifty five percent of the snaps, to fifty nine percent of the snaps, it's it's already happening. And I think we should temper expectations with Javon Kinlaw. Stop trying to compare him to DeForest Buckner. They are two completely different players. They're not here to be the same guys. They aren't close to the same guys. Their jobs aren't the same. It wasn't him or him. It was just something completely different. Uh, Javon Kinlaw is going to be someone that the Niners have. And I do believe that eventually he will be a force. But don't expect it for these next couple of games. All right. So what to expect going forward? Less of Javon Kinlaw. All right. And then my final thing. Oh, no, it's not my final thing. I got two more here. All right. Uh, What to expect. Fred Warner explodes on the scene. Let me take a sip here. Let y'all think about what I just said. Now, Nick, who I don't know if he can still hear me or not. I don't know. I don't care. Wow. (laughs) Um, Nick just came in here and gave us this long soliloquy on why Fred Warner was 
one of his biggest disappointments on the season. I'm not going to disagree with anything that Nick said. Fred Warner has been missing some tackles. Fred Warner's coverage grade isn't as good as what it used to be. But Fred Warner's still not a bad football player. Fred Warner is actually still really good, right? And Fred Warner is just waiting for the right time. He's not playing poorly on purpose, right? It just looks that way. Fred Warner's always going to make a play when you need him to make a play. He might not be, you know, doing it as soon as you want to see him do it. He might not be the guy punching the ball out and forcing all these fumbles and things like that, like what you're used to seeing. But Fred Warner is still the captain of that defense. He is the leader out there. Uh, He's the high IQ guy, and Fred Warner is going to get it figured out. I fully expect to see all pro Fred Warner coming out of this break. I'm talking immediately, starting against the Colts. I'm talking good coverage. I'm talking forcing turnovers, all that stuff. The the energy, the energies, the energy is there. If y'all thought for a second that Fred Warner lost his energy or enthusiasm for the game, think again. Fred Warner is still the man. All right. And uh I expect to see more of that going forward. And all the naysayers and the doubters or the people who think that he's having a down year, it's a lot of football left. Like Nick said, it's over three quarters of the season left. Just you wait. All right. Just you wait. Uh This is my last what to expect. The team's identity to be revealed. All right. Kyle Shanahan. You know, it's it's bad that we're saying that the 49ers don't have an identity. Because the defense is playing really, really good. Right? So that the, the, the truth of the matter is the offense doesn't have an identity. That's the truth. We have a team with good running backs, but we don't want to run. We have a team with bad quarterbacks, but we don't want to run. So what's left for what's left for the guys to do? We just got to sit around and just, just wait for some shit to happen? I don't think so. I think Kyle Shanahan gets back to the basics, guys. I think he I think he says, you know what? Let me get back to being that run first team that we have here. You got people like Mike from Nothing But Niners questioning whether or not Alex Mack was the right choice. Alex Mack has not been doing what Mike expected him to do in pass protection and calling out defenses and all that. Well, let's let's get back to the ground and pound game. Let's get back to running the ball the way that I know I can do, right? And when that happens, all of a sudden the pass game opens up. And all of a sudden the Niners look like the team that we expected them to be. All of a sudden our identity is revealed. We all of a sudden have an identity. That's what I think is going to happen. Um, I think I think he even tries some new wrinkles. I think Kyle Shanahan decides to uh, throw downfield just a little bit more with Jimmy Garoppolo. All right? I, I expect all of this to happen this year um, very soon, too. Not just like, you know, oh, eventually. No. Coming out the break, downfield throws from Jimmy Garoppolo. All right, I'm telling you, count on it. Okay, this team's identity is gonna it's, it's gonna break out here. All right, um, 
but yeah, so those are my four what to expect team identity to be revealed. Fred Warner explodes back onto the scene. Less snaps and reps from Javon Kinlaw while he gets things figured out. And start Jimmy Garoppolo going forward simply because Trey Lance just is not ready. He needs the 10,000 reps to break some bad habits. All right. Um, so that's going to do it, guys. I don't have anything else for you guys. I hope you guys enjoyed. All right. Uh, we will turn this into a podcast. If you guys missed anything, you can listen to it tomorrow. You don't have to sit back and and listen, uh, watch the whole show again while your phone dies. I know that people complained about that. This will be turned into a podcast. Uh, hopefully you guys can check it out there, okay? Uh, congratulations to our giveaway winner. We did a giveaway on Twitter. And it was the uh, the Legacy of Greatness book. And we are going to do another one here on YouTube. Our loyal supporters, we're going to give something back to you guys, all right? Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to announce that on the Thursday night show on how to be eligible for this giveaway, all right? The Twitter one was already done, all right? Congratulations to the young lady that won, uh, a supporter from overseas. Nothing but Niners knows no limits. You guys support us. We will support you. We don't care where you live. All right. Um, so the next one is going to be done here on Twitter. All right. Look for that announcement on Thursday on the rules uh, as, as so how you can enter. And uh, that's going to do it. All right. I got nothing else for you guys tonight. Thank you all for sticking out uh, the show with us. We really, really appreciate it. I love you guys. You guys have been incredible. All right. Y'all see it. It's nothing but Niners, baby. You see it on the flag. It's nothing but Niners, baby. All right. And you see where to follow us. It's all over there, man. Guys, get there. Make your presence known. All right. And in the meantime, prepare for glory. Anticipate pain. But always remain faithful. We out of here. Peace. We all gas, no brakes, pumped up, no fakes. We spinning, we winning, we high stakes. We never miss, we all. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I forgot to show the hookah set up. Is my guy still here? Where is he at? Where is he at? All right, you guys want to see the hookah, so here it is. I got it right here. I, if I drop a hot coal on me. Oh, that's your ass. Oh, my God. Oh, that's your ass. Oh, my God. All right, guys, so this is my hookah here. Hopefully you guys can see it. This is Mike's hookah. All right. Clear box with the LED in there. All right. There's the top of it there. Okay. You guys good? You see it? Okay. All right. All right. There it is. Oh, man. I hope the person who asked to see that is still in the chat. Okay. Now, whew, more Patreon content, please. It's coming, man. It's coming. Stay stay there. We got more coming for you guys, all right? All right. Let's try this again. We out of here. Peace. We all gas, no brakes, 
pumped up, no fakes. We spinning, we winning, we high stakes. We never miss, we all makes. Look at us dudes trying to prove, bringing you news with nothing to lose. Mike, Nick, Tony, Wayne, Method Man, we bring the pain. Hey, see, I'ma confess it. We under the pressure. If you looking to find us. Them nothing but niners. Nothing, nothing but niners. We nothing.